0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. How is everybody? Good, good, good. We're going to uh, get into the Word this morning. Let me, um, because this has been the most frequent question asked this morning, As I mill around before service, um, you receive the card, our June card, and it has the summer series and so forth, and I've had so many people say, who is Chad Gilligan, okay? Chad is my half-brother, and um, we have the same dad. He pastors in Toledo, Ohio, and when we go on our little break this this summer, um, he is going to be filling in on on Father's Day, which is kind of fitting. We have the same dad. And Chad and I, although not raised together, are freakishly similar. <laughs> and um, you're really, really going to enjoy him. He pastors a great church up in Toledo, Ohio. Um, you're going to love his humor and his genuine love for the, for the Lord. Um, we are the product of a praying grandmother. So, so pray for your kids and your grandkids. And uh, every time we call each other, we waste the first two, three minutes of the phone call because it's like, Pastor Gilligan, this is Pastor Gilligan. Oh, hey, Pastor Gilligan, this is Pastor Gilligan. And, <clears throat> and on and on it goes. And when we part ways, it's the same way. So i um, very thrilled and honored to have um, my half-brother Chad be with us. Then on that next Sunday, we have Dave Murphy, who's one of the campus pastors at Bayside Church down in Bradenton. Um, such a love for God. And he has uh, the most beautiful Irish accent. Um, You're just going to be blessed by him and his heart and his message. Then we'll have Dr. Kent Engel with us, who's the president of Southeastern University. And uh, we had Dr. Engels with us about a year and a half ago, and uh, just a wonderful, great leader um, in, in our Christian world and at uh, Southeastern University, so an honor to have Dr. Ingall. And then uh, Pastor Tommy Kalanen, also known as Urban D. He pastors down in Tampa. We had him back in the spring. Um, he's also a hip-hop artist, and he's the pastor of the largest uh, urban church uh, in the nation. And um, what a, a heart, his heart. Uh, is undeniable for the things of God, precious and, and a, a great teacher as well, and so he'll be with us on that Sunday. You're going to love him. the The thing about uh, Pastor Tommy when he came uh, before too is afterwards, I heard from people from 16 to 96 that we love this guy, and so you're you're going to love Urban D. And then on um, Jan, uh, excuse me, June the 7th, which will be the first Wednesday. Everybody say first Wednesday. So not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, that, that will be the first Wednesday of, of June, and we'll have our first Wednesday service. And you saw in the video that, you know, we're going to have uh, food and gathering and fellowship and so forth. But then we're going to come in, we're going to have a special uh, focus on worship on that night. We have guests uh, with us, guest worship leaders, Jag, and, uh, Jag Greg and Jana Long. And uh, you'll remember Jana from, uh, we've had her in a number of our Christmas um, productions, just an incredible gift. They lead worship out in a huge church in Houston. They're going to be with us, and then I'm going to be teaching about a life of worship. This is going to be a phenomenal night, and I want to encourage you to make sure that you're here. It won't be just the best night of June. I think it would be the best night of the rest of the year, or of this year so far. We'll do it that way. And so come and be with us on that first Wednesday. Amen? Amen? All right, you ready? Hey, I'm so glad y'all got here on church. Um, on no matter that it was Memorial Day, I guess um, you can cook out and swim and do whatever else later. But I'm so glad you get it. Church days, they do indeed affect the rest of our days. Well, let me get a drink of water real quick, and then we will we will dive in here. I'm not advertising for anybody, and um, I don't believe their labels either. So you just <clears throat> you just pray. Pray and go for it. All right. All of us, myself, you, everybody, we are on a journey. Hopefully you are not stuck along the way. Hopefully you are making forward progress on your journey. Hopefully you're not digressing in all of this. The journey that I'm talking about is really um, our focus of our mission here for, for Meadowbrook Church. And it is this. It is to help you to move from where you are. To where God wants you to be. Now hear that again. Helping you to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. We never fully arrive until we arrive, but we're all continuing on that journey. We're all at different places on that. Um, That brings not condemnation to anybody. It just brings the challenge to keep moving from where you are to where God wants you to be. That sounds really good, but I think you have to measure that and define that a little further. And so I think we can. That if I'm moving from where God wants me to be, uh, from where I am to where God wants me to be, there should be some things happening in my life that are measurable. So this is kind of the way I think about it. I should be, if, if that is happening in my life, you should be, if it is happening in your life, I should be becoming more and more free from sin. Yes, sir. More and more like Jesus and then something that we really use as a benchmark here, more and more happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. Can we do that one again? Happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed so that we can be a blessing and ultimately then bring glory to God. So that should be increasing and increasing in our life. Now let me go back to the first one, happy. Everybody say happy. happy. I think everybody wants to be happy. Well, first service did, <clears throat> and I do, and everybody wants to be happy. I, bel- I believe that, unless they are just total shut down. But they want to be happy, but here's, here's the thing we must be aware of. If you pursue or seek happiness apart from God's way of being happy, it will not last, first of all. The, the crash of it is great. And then here's the other thing, and you'll never be stable, which is the second thing in this progression, happy, stable. So we must seek happiness God's way. And as we do so, that is a lasting happiness, and it produces stability in our life. Now, what I want to focus on today with the idea of encouragement is how important stability is for us. If something is not Stable; It cannot be relied upon. Let me just put it to you this way. If, if I pursue happiness in the wrong way or if I do not have stability in my life, I will never be fruitful. And I'll never truly be blessed in the whole sense of that word. And if I'm not blessed, then I can never be a blessing. And if all of that's not going on in my life, I'm never fully going to bring glory to God like he, he intends for my life. So... We, we have some uh, blueberry bushes, two of them, and they got planted last year. And then, I mean, within weeks of them being planted, we had cups and cups of blueberries. This year, not a one. <clears throat> That's called not stable, okay? And it makes me not happy, okay? And so you want to be able to rely upon things. It's why Jesus cursed the fig tree even. It's like you're supposed to. Uh, and, and so we want to be happy, but we want to be stable. And I want to say that in the middle, this is so pivotal and so vital, the whole idea of stability. And all of it is actually tied to hope. And hope, courage, is at the center of encouragement. So let's look at hope here just for a few moments. Look with me in Psalm 42, the first portion of, the, of verse 5. And, and look at this question. I think you wrote in this question this morning. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Have you ever thought that or asked that question? Yes, I have. I would dare say it's all of us. Come on. So why don't you read it as if you wrote it and sent it in? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Look at it in the message, paraphrase. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? First of all, I want you to notice David is talking to himself, and that's okay. And he's asking himself questions, which is actually a healthy practice. It would be better dealing with discouragement, sadness, being, as one translation says, downcast, looking down. It is better... To poke and prod at that and ask, why? Why am I down? Why am I sad? It's better to ask that than to just sit passively and quietly and stay down. Too many people just stay down. Say, well, I'm sad. I'm always sad. And Mondays are worse. (laughs) It all started with my great-grandmother, and it got passed on, and I got it worse than anybody. You know, and somewhere along the way, you've got to decide what okay, what's going on with this? What's going on with this? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart sad? Why am I why am I uh, singing the blues? As as one uh, paraphrase said there. So there are perhaps a zillion reasons why. You know, there's plenty of reasons why. but I want us to not so much focus on the reasons as what we do with it all today under this whole banner of encouragement. Realize this, and we've taught this over and over through the years, but you have to realize this. Life is a continuous cycle of crisis and process, okay? Life is a continuous cycle of crisis and process until we get to heaven. So I don't care how small it is, how big it is. You know, the cat got out. Okay, crisis. A button came off your shirt. Crisis. You know, the dryer doesn't work. Crisis. I can't get any Wi-Fi. Crisis. Raccoons tore up the trash. Crisis. Stepped off the roof. Crisis. But what do you do with it? You know, you have to process it. And your ability to process the crisis, however small, however big, however many that you would have in your life, you must have that ability to be able to process that. That's why God gives us wisdom. That's why he gives us help. That's why he gives us principles and steps to take in life so that we know how to process the crisis that happens in our life. Amen. So really what we are talking about is encouragement. Encouragement. Notice again the root key word here is courage. Everybody say courage. Courage Courage has to do with strength. Courage has to do with hope. And and what happens with this, if we add the prefix to this, en, it means to encourage. It is to put courage in. If we add the prefix dis or dis, it is to take courage out. What we want to be able to do is to put courage in and never be one that takes courage out. Amen. Amen. Now, courage is a substance. Courage is a force. Hope and courage are a force. They are felt, get this, they are felt emotionally. You feel it in your emotions. Now, it is... It is in your soul. We'll look at that in just a moment. But you feel it. It's almost like the meter or the gauge. You can tell if you're encouraged or discouraged. You feel it in your emotions. But your emotions are strange. Your emotions are fickle at best. And we train our emotions all the time to be crazy. I mean, you're watching your show. And you're crying and and then a commercial comes on and you're laughing and and then news bulletin comes in, and you're mad. And we're just all over the place. And and so we we sense inside discouragement or encouragement. And I want us to dig a little deeper so we can see what that is and get an accurate measure on that. So the goal of this series, I have two goals in this brief series. First of all, is to get you to be an encourager. For you, raise your right hand. For you to become an encourager. This is the quietest group. Okay. For you to become an encourager. Look with me real quick in Hebrews chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 13. But encourage one another Daily. daily. Can I just tell you, this is the problem in a lot of your marriages. You need to encourage one another. You stop doing it at some point. But encourage one another. Come on daily, as long as as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In other words, so none of you get calloused and off track. When you lose encouragement, when you lose courage, when you lose hope, you start to get calloused and you'll get off track. It is important that you and I learn how to encourage people around us. Look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So the first goal would be for you to be an encourager. But today, I really want to focus on, and y'all lock on with me, I want for you to be able to encourage yourself. For you to be able to encourage yourself yourself because you cannot give what you do not have here's what you must have listen to me life is crisis and process there's a zillion things that happen all the time all these things going on you must be able to keep yourself encouraged if you if you don't know how to keep yourself encouraged you will never be stable So you pull the plug on the whole thing of happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. You get stuck on your journey because you got discouraged and had to pull over. You pulled over and closed your eyes, and before you know it, somebody stole your wheels, and you're up on blocks. (laughs) And now you're further discouraged, and you're not making any progress. You must know how to keep yourself encouraged. Amen. Anybody up for this today? All right. The Bible tells us that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And David, in that setting, in 1 Samuel 30, he had a lot to be discouraged about. We're not going to go into the whole story right now. Just think of your story. And so David, in the psalm that we read, he is discouraged, he is sad, he is downcast, and he has reasons. Everybody say reasons. But more important than the reasons is the remedy. See, we could sit all day and say, you want to know why I'm down? Let me tell you why I'm down. And you pull out your phone and a, and a notebook. Phone was full, notebook's full. All the reasons why you're discouraged and hopeless and, and so forth. And, and here's what we have to do. Not focus so much on the reasons, but focus on the remedy. So... In Psalm 42, verse 5, the B portion of the verse, remember he says, why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? Now he's speaking to his soul. He's talking to himself. This is what he tells himself to do. Put your hope in God. Say it. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Look at it, if you will, in the New Living Translation. Remember, he said, why am I so discouraged? Why, why is my heart so sad? He tells himself, here's what you need to do. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I love the way the Living Bible, that's pretty much out of print now, but the Living Bible put it this way. Expect God to act expect God to act. Say that with me. Expect God to act. What do you do? What is the remedy? You've got all the reasons why you might would be down, might would be discouraged, but what is the remedy? The remedy is you tell yourself, I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to put my hope in God. What does that mean? That means I'm going to expect God to act. I tell people all the time as I deal with them in crisis and situations, I pray for them, I encourage them best I can, and then I tell them this, watch what God will do. Yes, tell your neighbor, watch what God will do. Watch, watch God. Now turn to your other neighbor, your obvious second choice, and tell them. <laughs> watch what God will do. So when you're down, when you're feeling sad in your heart, This is the shift that you need to make is to put your hope in God. I expect God will act. I know that God sees this. I know that he can do something about this. And so watch what God will do. Expect God to act. Can I get an amen this morning? The remedy for this is to get hope and to get encouragement back in yourself. Now notice in this verse, David is addressing his soul. He is talking to himself, but he is talking, he is addressing his soul. I want to spend just a moment on this. We've taught this the whole 28 years of the church, but it's important that you understand this. Look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace, I love that that's one of his titles, may the God of peace himself, sanctify or set you apart completely and may your whole, come on, spirit, spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are, watch this, I am a spirit. Read that. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I have a soul. I live in a body. So I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. Now our world, our culture is very body-centric, focused on the body and how we look and how we feel that way. And most attention and investment goes this way, with no clear understanding of soul, let alone spirit, and wonder why people are so messed up. The most beautiful people among us, why they end end up so messed up, and then the rest of us body shamed or whatever, you know and and this is last of all, should we take care of our body yes. it 's the temple of the Holy Spirit. you take good care of the body, but it 's important, listen that you understand you are a spirit, you are a spirit, God is spirit, He created you, you are spirit, and get this, and I say this not to bring up any pain. Actually, to bring up some joy to the process, and it is this. If, if you've ever been with a loved one who passed, I held my mother's hand. I've, I've been with others as they passed. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When you pass, it is your spirit leaves your body. I have felt, I'm not being weird, I have sensed. Their spirit, leave the room. You know, it's like wearing a jacket. The jacket only has movement in life as long as I'm in it. And to be absent from the body is to be present present with the Lord. In the meantime, I'm going to glorify God in my body, which belongs to him. I don't belong to myself. You can't use your body any way you want to. That's a whole nother series. Don't make me preach it. But you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. I want to focus on the soul just for a moment. The spirit is eternal. The spirit is in communion with God. Spirit's good. Body, we have to maintain. The soul, this is what we have to renew and we have to work on. Now, your soul. Everybody say, my soul. soul. Your soul is your will, your intellect, your emotions. That's where you think. And where you feel and where you decide, this is pretty important. This is where your ideas and dreams are birthed and begin to grow. And if that's where I think and I feel and I decide, I better take good care of that. This is also where hope and courage are or are missing. And if they're missing, if courage is gone, courage and hope are like oxygen to my soul. And the soul is healthy when there's hope. And the less hope, the less healthy. It's like oxygen to the soul. So this is so vitally important in how you think, how you feel, how you decide, the ideas you come up with, the dreams that you have, the things you choose to pursue and to value your soul. So we've got to make sure that you know how to keep yourself encouraged. Because it's in your soul. Are you with me? All right. Now, the Greek New Testament word for encourage is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. (laughs) It's not really. Some of you are writing that down. Now, the Greek New Testament word for encourage means this. Get this. It says to call near, to address, to speak, to summons in order to console, comfort, encourage, and strength. You know what that points out? Words are involved. Words, words. Every time you've been encouraged, most every time you've been encouraged, it's been words. And probably every time you've been discouraged, it was words. Words are the number one way that we can build somebody up. Number one way, we can tear them down. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words. Words are either gifts or they're poison, and so words are important. The words you think, the words you speak over yourself, over your children, over your projects, over others—words are so important. And we are going to be encouragers, and we're going to know how to encourage ourselves as well. Can I get a better amen? All right. Oh. I got like no amen from over here, y'all. Okay, there, there. there. That was better than your amen right there. All right. Don't want to split the church here over that. Words are containers. And we must be very careful of this. Discouragement, get this. Discouragement can come in an instant. The plug can be pulled and discouragement can come in an instant. Have you ever got that phone call? Have you ever opened that letter? Have you ever had somebody say that something? Or this event happened? And it seems like discouragement can come in an instant. Encouragement does not come so fast. It takes intentional effort to encourage. How many of you know it's always quicker and easier to mess things up than it is to clean things up? Are there any mothers of toddlers in in this place? You know what I'm talking about. Any parents of teenagers? Okay. So it's quicker and easier to mess things up than it is to clean things up. It's easier to tear something down or tear it apart than it is to build it. If you ever watch these fixer-upper flipper houses shows, you know, demo day. You know, that's easy. It takes no skill, it takes no time. You just dive in and tear things up. Okay? That takes no, no time at all but to build things takes effort and skill and intention and consistency. So, What do we do when something discouraging comes to us? I want to share four things with you just real quick this morning. What do we do? Because you have to know, listen to me, this is for everybody in this place. You have to know how to keep yourself encouraged. I don't know your life, but you do, and God does. And this is not just for three or four of us. This is for every one of us. You have to know how to keep yourself encouraged. First thing is this, hold still, hold still. When that news comes, when that something happens, whatever it would be and you feel courage start to go out of you, hold still. Say it, hold still. Hold still. Nature shows us the rabbit, that when the rabbit senses danger, sees danger, the rabbit, hold still. It just freezes. It's got eyes on the side of its head so it can kind of do this number. See what's around, assess the... Assess the the threat level. Choose on some escape paths. It takes a moment like that. The opposite of the rabbit, the squirrel. All right, listen. How many of you have ever run over a squirrel before? I didn't say you meant to, but how many of you have run over a squirrel before? It's a wonder there are any left. They just hear a car coming and they run out into the road. right? Hey, I work hard for you people. I just want to say. Well, what do you need to do? You need to hold still. Say it again. Hold Hold still. Let the smoke clear. Get your bearings. And while you're holding still, don't run your mouth. See, I told you it wouldn't work out. Never works out, especially Monday. And we have all these things that we say and we use our own mouth to speak against our own hope. And so what we have to do is, first of all, hold still. Secondly, do like David. Do like David. Say, do like David. Look in Psalm 42, verse 5. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? That's what I'm going to do. I will put my hope in God. I will put my hope in God. That's what you're to do. Do like David. When you're sad, when you're discouraged, I will put my hope in God. What does that mean again? I will expect God to act. I'm going to wait and watch. I know God sees us. I know God is able. I know God is on the job. Watch what God will do. Put your hope in God and talk about it too. Thirdly, remind yourself. Remind yourself. Say it. Remind yourself. This is what you have to do something amazing happens when you will remind yourself of God's faithful goodness. Look in the next verse in Psalm Psalm 42. The next verse says, Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. When you're discouraged, you have to remember something. Go to Lamentations chapter 3. This I recall to my mind. I bring back. I remember. Therefore, I have... I have hope. Remembering the right things is going to bring hope to you. Verse 22, this is what you recall. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Verse 23, they are new every, every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Remind yourself of the faithful goodness of God. Remind yourself of the faithful goodness of God. He got me through this, he got me through that. He got me through this, he got me through that. He is with me now, he will help me through this. Remind yourself. David standing before the giant, he said, "The Lord delivered me from the paw of the bear and the paw of the squirrel, a lion, And he will deliver me from you. Remind yourself. Look at at this in in the message. Verse 21 in the message. But there's one other thing I remember. And every remembering, I keep a grip on hope. Hold still. Do like David. Remind yourself. And then lastly, repeat as needed. Repeat as needed. Listen, in Psalm 42, 5. We read the verse several times today. Then you go to Psalm 42, 11. It's the exact same verse. Go into the next chapter, Psalm 43, 5, the exact same verse. Three times within 12 verses, David was down and had to remind himself to get back up. And you are no, you're no one special. It happens to all of us, but this is the thing. You must know how to keep yourself encouraged. And every time, get this, every time you encourage yourself, every time you bring courage back to you, do you know what it does? It resets your soul. And when you reset your soul, you are now back to stable. And this is why you and I, day by day by day, must know how to encourage ourselves and keep ourselves encouraged so we can indeed be happy and come on, stable, so that we can be fruitful and blessed and be a blessing to others and bring glory to God. Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right, thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBCOcala.